Hello, and welcome to episode two of Consumers, Cars, Tech Talk, and more with your host, Bill Scott. So, today's episode is about buying a used car part one. So, I'm going to jump right into this. So, hopefully, this will help potential used car buyers make a wise and responsible choice at the end of the day. So without further ado, here we go. Um, so first of all, when you're buying a used car or used vehicle, whatever one you choose, it could be a car, truck, whatever, um, what type of vehicle do you want? Do you want a car? Do you want a sedan? Do you want a coupe or a hatchback? Or something larger like an SUV or a crossover? Maybe you might be considering a pickup truck, whether it be a large pickup truck, large trucks like from Ford, the F-150, the Chevy Silverado, the Ram, GMCs, the Nissan Titans, or the Toyota Tundras, or maybe a medium-sized pickup that's smaller, the Tacoma, Ford Ranger, Chevrolet Colorado, Nissan Frontier, Honda Ridgeline, and the Jeep Gladiator, or maybe you have a growing family and you might want a minivan. They're not as popular as they were 20 years ago, but maybe you want a minivan. Your choices are the Honda Odyssey, Toyota Sienna, Kia Sedona, and the Chrysler Pacifica and the Chrysler Voyager. Those are your choices for minivans to consider. And there are older um, minivans that are no longer made that you could consider as well, like the Nissan Quest. So there are vans out there, different makes and models of vans out there, other than those on the used car market. And what brand of vehicle would you want or prefer? And why does that matter to you? Some people want nothing but Hondas or Toyotas, and some people are, oh, I've got to buy a American, I've got a Chevrolet or a Ford. So, which one do you want? Um, does the new car, the new used car anyway, does it fulfill your needs? Um, do you want a sedan where you could fit a family in it and have a trunk? Or maybe you need a hatchback or a crossover something that makes better use of the space than a car with a truck. Or maybe you need a large pickup truck. Maybe you just prefer pickup trucks and the, the feeling of safety that they give you or you're hauling things around in it. Or, like I said, maybe you might need a minivan. You have a family, you have kids and a lot of other stuff to carry around, and minivans are good for that. Um, what, um, in terms of size um do you need a large car do you need a small car do you need a large suv or do you need a smaller crossover style suv so size are important um for vehicles too so you want to keep that in mind also do you need four-wheel drive or all-wheel drive for off-roading or driving in snow um both four-wheel drive and all-wheel drive are very helpful in Poor weather situations, especially snow, 
And then if you're going off-roading a lot on trails and in the mountains, then that's where you would want a, a dedicated four-wheel drive that has the low and the high settings that you're able to use. But most all-wheel drive cars don't have those settings, so that would be important to have. But also, what about vehicle reliability? Um, some people keep their cars for a long period of time. Um, for me, I've kind of gone both ways. I've had vehicles that I've kept for many years, and then I've had vehicles that I've kept for a year and a half. Maybe less than that, and that's it, for whatever reason. So how long are you going to keep the vehicle? Is it going to be reliable, especially long-term, if you're going to keep it for a long time? Long-term reliability is important. How well and how likely will it be reliable transportation in that long period of time? Remember, some brands and models are far more reliable than others. Um, even brands that are known for solid reliability, like Honda and Toyota and such, they do have problematic models for certain model years. Take, for instance, um, you have some Toyotas that have a 2.4-liter four-cylinder engine. Um, now typically, the Toyotas I'm referring to in, in particular, these were made generally from the 2006 to the 2009 model years. And these include the Toyota RAV4, the Camry, the Matrix, and its mechanical twin, the Pontiac Vi. And it can also include the Toyota Renzo. Um, those engines have oil burning issues because they had flawed piston rings. Um, so that's going to be a costly fix. And I would avoid those models with those engines um, because if you know that's an issue, you don't want to have to end up spending the money to get that fixed. Avoid it. Um, or if you have some way of knowing if the work has been done, if those piston rings have been replaced in those cars before you purchased the car, that would be good to know. Um, Subarus, from at least 2001 up to 2013, have issues with blown head gaskets at lower miles, so hitting 60, 70, 80,000 miles in uh, above. They're having blown head gaskets, and that's not good. And engines, especially those boxers, any engine, a Subaru has that boxer four-cylinder engine, should not be having blown head gaskets, especially at lower miles. So you might want to consider not getting those or making sure that that's been taken care of. Be careful, too, because if they've been replaced with the same old faulty head gaskets, then look for down the road that you're going to probably have to be dealing with that if you have the car long enough. Um, Nissan's continuously variable transmissions in their vehicles, especially in the Rogue, the Murano, and the Pathfinder, those fail frequently. Those, those are terrible transmissions, so if you're looking out for those, be aware that that might be an issue if you have that car long enough, and those have been known to fail at relatively low mileage. So 40, 50, 60,000 miles and, and above too. Um, but keep that in mind. Um, that could be an issue. Um, now, there are also 
some Hondas and Acuras that have 3.5 liter engines. Generally made from 1999 through 2006. Those have troublesome automatic transmissions, so be aware of those cautionable. Honda Odyssey, Acura MDX, and just look out for any um, of those Hondas or Acuras that may have that 3.5 liter engine teamed with that five speed automatic from 1999 through 2006. Um, another car that's Actually, another two cars that have been just horribly problematic. That would be the 2012 through 2018 Ford Focus and the 2011 through 2019 Ford Fiesta. Those cars have horrible dual clutch transmissions that are horribly unreliable. The shifting is, is not smooth, and they've just given their owners all sorts of problems. If you have those cars for any ex um, extended period of time, be prepared to spend some serious dough on those cars. So I would avoid those. Not good transmissions at all. Now, just because a car has a, a reputation for being expensive doesn't mean it's going to be reliable. BMW and Mercedes are not known for their long-term reliability. So if you're considering one of those and you're going to want to keep it for a while think about the reliability do your homework and we'll talk about doing your homework in, in just a few moments so, um, also remember this no automaker is perfect so check the reliability of the vehicle you want and especially if you plan to keep the vehicle for a long time remember the longer you keep the car the more problems that will come up just from normal wear and tear and other things too. So keep that in mind. So if a car is naturally unreliable and that they don't have a good reliability history, that's gonna be a big deal down the road. And maybe even sooner than you think. Now, about vehicle reliability. Um, now that you know what type of vehicles you might be interested in, you can search for those models from online and other sources that you can get an, a good sense of what the real world long-term reliability histories are for those particular vehicles. I'm going to give you some um, good websites to check that out. Um, carcomplaints.com. That's one of my go-to sites. I discovered that site a couple years ago and you can find out all kinds of information about cars um, specific models that have been problematic and it they tap into the government's website too um, so you're getting um, real-world reviews from people who have owned the cars and you're, you're getting the government some um, people just aside from the government where people have made complaints lately and you're also getting safety information on crash tests and such too so carcomplaints.com is a good site edmunds.com and you have um, real-world um, reviews from people who have owned the cars. Edmunds.com, another good site. Cars.com, again, you've got lots of real-world reviews from owners who have actually owned or driven the cars. Um, that's another good site. Cars.com. Another classic site that people go to and that I've used in the past. Consumer Reports. 
Um, they have a website, the web-based um, magazine, consumerreports.com. Now, keep in mind that requires a paid subscription to get all the information that you want, so keep that in mind. Or you could just look at the magazine that's still on newsstands and bookstores or libraries too much if your library is reopened from the whole COVID situation. They're in most libraries too. There's also a consumer reports buying guide that it has more than cars. It has appliances and electronics and everything, but there's a section devoted to cars and their reliability histories. So consumer reports, excellent resource. Consumerguide.com. Again, that's good. That's a good site because they they have a long history of road testing cars when they're brand new. So you can go back many years and look up certain models and figure out what stood out, what was good about the car, and um, what are or the cons about the car, pros and cons of the vehicle that you're interested in. So consumerguide.com is a good site. Now I have a blog. It's called Consumer and Car Exam, and I've done a lot of road tests over the years. Um, it started in the year 2008 as the car exam, and as time passed, I added more things. I made it more consumer-oriented in terms of reviewing other products, but my still the big focus of my um, blog was still car reviews, so I have a lot of road test reviews run. A lot from this year because the whole COVID-19 and I've shifted my focus elsewhere, but I still have many years of reviews that you can go back to. That. So that's consumer and car exam. You can just Google consumer and car exam and find it, or you can go to car and consumer exam.wordpress.com and you can find the site. Another good resource is just YouTube. Um, just type in the model of car that you want on the YouTube search, and you can, let's say, for instance, um, Ford Mustang reviews, and then you can do a search and you'll find reviews on the Ford Mustang or Chevrolet Camaro reviews or anything like that. So there are lots of um, vehicle reviews on YouTube that you can search up and see what you can find on the vehicles we're interested in. So ultimately, you need to do your homework and Try to give yourself more than one vehicle option. So don't get hung up on one car. So don't just say, oh, goodness. I just really, really want this Chrysler to see that there's nothing else I want. Or, gee, I just have to have a Ford F-150. You know what? There are other options out there. Shop around. Do your research. Do your homework. Drive those cars. Drive those trucks or SUVs. Drive more than once. You can kind of have a sense what each one feels like because you may end up buying your first choice or you may buy one of the alternative choices that you came up with so try to have more than one vehicle option um, to choose from to make a wise and responsible choice uh, now budget you've got to consider especially if you're buying a used car how much do you want to spend and how much can you afford now, for some people, money isn't an object. 
they just go out and buy whatever they want. Cost isn't necessarily an issue, but for a lot of people, especially with this economy right now, the cost of a car is crucial, it's important. So don't go into a dealership with a budget of eight, nine, ten thousand dollars and walk out spending twenty to twenty-five thousand dollars when you know it's outside of your budget. Be realistic. Buy what you can afford. Now there are advantages to having newer cars and spending a little extra money having a newer car. That's always going to be an advantage, but that's not necessarily the way to go for everyone. Um, you can still find pretty good used cars that don't cost $20,000, even $15,000. Um, just be realistic with how much you can spend and how much you um, Other possible simple expenses that you wouldn't think of that you may want to consider when you're researching a used car. Um, how much will the insurance cost for that car? You can check that out before you even buy the car. You can contact your insurance company, or if you're getting a new insurance, contact that company and get a quote. How much will the insurance cost for that particular car? Some cars and trucks are far more than others, so find out. How much will the registration cost? And see if you can figure that out. See if you can do some research and find that out. Replacement tires. Um, does it take special tire sizes? Some cars do. Um, some cars have very unusual tire sizes that cost a whole lot of money. So you might want to find out what the tire sizes are on the cars and how much they cost. Because keep a car long enough, you're going to have to change the tires once, twice, three times. So keep that in mind. Also, what type of fuel does it use? The majority of cars these days use regular unleaded fuel. However, some vehicles require premium or diesel. Premium and diesel fuel, they both cost more. And so if your vehicle is required to use those, keep that in mind. You're going to want to know how much, what kind of fuel does it use. Some cars can run on both premium and regular fuel. They're kind of some are flexible, so you can use either one and have damage done to your car. So keep that in mind. When you're speaking about fuel, you think about fuel economy for just a second. Is fuel economy important to you? Um, you want a car that's going to get high gas mileage, um, 30, 40 miles to the gallon city and highway do you want something that's going to be from point a to point b or any anywhere you want to go with decent fuel economy or maybe it's not important to you maybe you haul around a lot of stuff for work or you have a big family fuel economy isn't necessarily an issue for you so keep that in mind and also speaking of fuel economy there are electric cars that are available with much better range than they used to have. They're hybrids, there are plug-in hybrids, so and there are pros and cons, of course, um, for each one of those. And for electric cars, of course, it's the range. Again, the range is much better than newer electric cars than say 10 years ago. I remember the 
older, the original Nissan Leafs had a range about, it was about 80 miles. So it's much better. The newer ones are much better than that. Teslas can go over 200 miles. There's the Chevy Bolt. It's, it's past that 200 mile barrier now. So keep that in mind. So there are other alternative um, fuel um, propulsion systems to consider for your um, next vehicle. Also, one thing that you might want to keep in mind is uh, how much is your vehicle actually worth, the vehicle that you're buying? And I'll get more into this part two of my used car buying because that's going to play a, a big role in how much you end up paying for your car and how much, if you're trading in your a car, how much your trade-in will be worth. Um, you don't, and I don't think anyone should want to be upside down in a car loan. That means you owe far more on the car than it's actually worth. That's horrible. I'm down that road a couple of times, and if you want to get rid of a car, say you've had it for a little period of time, or even a longer period of time, you want to get rid of it, and you owe more than the car is worth, you're trying to get rid of it, whether you're just selling it to a dealer or trading it, that's going to be problematic because you're going to have to make up that difference. So keep that in, in, in mind. Um, also, now, one other quick thing I'd like to touch upon before this um, episode two ends is where to search for a used car. Well, there are number of sites that you can choose. I'll just run over the, the ones that I've used and that I found to be helpful. Um, you've got autotrader.com. It's a good site for searching for used vehicles. Cars.com. It's a good site. So not only can you get the reviews, but hey, you can search for a car on cars.com. Carfax.com. Another useful site. You can also look up the Carfax is at the same time. So if a car's been in an accident or something or not, you can find that out. If it's had one owner, if it's had five owners or whatever, the Carfax would show that to you. Maybe it's got a branded title, which means it's been wrecked and rebuilt. Well, you probably want to stay away from that. So Carfax.com is good for that. Autolist.com, another very effective and good um, car purchasing website too look for vehicles. Good ones. There are some good ones out there. Some car gurus. It's called cargurus.com. That one's okay. Um, your search range is kind of limited though. Um, from what I've seen over the years, it'll let you search within a hundred mile radius, but you can't expand it to like 200 miles or even 500 miles like you can on autotrader.com or cars.com, you can expand the ranges too. So Cargurus isn't quite as user-friendly as some of the other ones. And Autolist, you can also adjust the distance that you're searching too. But there are, there are more too. So just do your homework. Do a Google search for 
car vehicle purchase website, and we can go from there. Okay. So with that, it's time to wrap up episode two um, of Consumers, Cars, Tech Talk, and more with me, Phil Scott. Um, I'm looking forward to doing our next podcast, episode three. I'm excited about that. So we'll talk more about um, choosing a used car. And um, I'm looking forward to that. So if you have any questions or comments um, on the Anchor website, anchor.fm slash phil.scott7, that's the number seven, um, you can leave, you can send messages there, leave comments for me, and I will try to get an email set up, and I am working on getting a YouTube channel set up for this podcast, so keep that in mind. So everyone, have a super day, be safe out there, thank you again, I'm Phil Scott, talk to you next time.